Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Wallop and web snappers. My spider sense is tingling. Anybody else's spider sense tingling? Welcome to Walloping Web Snappers, a Spider-Man podcast where we dive into every Spider-Man cartoon ever made. I'm Derek. And I'm Doug. It is your spider sense tingling. It is. Psych, you just got screwballed. <laughs> to listen to this <laughs> to listen to this show, find us on fluoride and wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustration and design that fit your personality. For samples and inquiries, visit revengelover.com. And we'd like to take a quick moment right up the top to thank our spectacular patrons, Bo, Lillian, Carl, Eric, and Katie. Thanks, Thanks. so much for being our patrons. What's up, Doug? Oh, hi. Oh, hi. We have time traveled <laughs> from the dark, depressing ages of 2003 uh-huh. where everything where nothing was black and white but also everything was black and white and very depressing lots of death everything was just very very sad uh-huh. uh and now we have slingshotted ourselves rocket skateboarded ourselves i should say <laughs> to 2017 <gasps> where we get to hang out with a bunch of just colorful superheroes <gasps> being funny and fun no way no i had no idea what we were doing today and now i'm so excited Oh, you didn't? Well, these notes are going to be quite a mess then. (laughs) We're back doing 2017. I'm really happy to be here. Me too. (laughs) I'm happy to be back in this universe. It's funny because like if people are watching, like if people aren't listening in real time, right? If they're listening to our podcast because they're like, oh, I, you know, I want to watch 2017, but it'll be easier if I'm watching it along with folks. And so they like find our podcast. It'll be funny because they won't realize necessarily uh, or it won't be obvious that it's been like a year since we've talked about this show. Hell, it's been a journey in between. <laughs> but, but I am refreshed. My skin is clear just by watching this show again. Yeah. Um, I slept amazingly uh, after returning to this this universe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not haunted uh, by, you know, a Spider-Man assassin uh, or a, a gloomy nihilistic Peter Parker. Sure. Uh, I feel great. Yeah, it's it is funny. You know, we have 13 or so episodes of coverage on the show. So, you know, that if you've if you have listened to those episodes, you know, the context. But if you haven't, it's so funny to me thinking that this is a show that so much of the Internet hates for so long because mm-hmm. it's like this show's fun as hell. <laughs> like, it really and especially is fun. it really is fun. And especially, I don't know, after a lot of the slaw. MTV show is a journey. There were some good points and there were some bad points, but I do think by the end I was ready. I was happy to be done with it. And it is just so funny going from that show into this one. Mm-hmm. And it is just so, it's so radically different in so many ways, obviously, but yeah, just yeah. like, I think it highlights like what I like about this show, which is that it is just a fun superhero show. And I was thinking about this too, 
one of the things that we said about the MTV show and this whole thing, this whole thing won't be like a comparison between the two. It's just because that's what we just like left off of, obviously. <laughs> right. So it's Fresh been top minds. of, it's been top of mind. But one of the things about that show that I think I feel like we both landed on was like, this just is a show that fundamentally isn't for me. And I don't know if, if there would have been a version of it that sure. really ever would have been just for what it was doing. And I think about it, I was like this, the 2017 show is similar in that I don't know that I I don't know that this is the the kind of show that is exactly for me, mm-hmm. and that I don't care about like dueling genius dream schools and stuff, which is kind of a lot right. of what this show's premise is predicated on. But even though it's not exactly the Spider-Man show that like I always want, or that is like really made for like what I love about Spider-Man, it still does what it does really well, and it's still very fun and enjoyable to watch. Like it's never going to be at the top of my favorites list, but it is always going to be one that I appreciate and enjoy. And in this case, I'm like very happy to just be hanging out and spending time with, you know what I mean? I think it's an easy show and universe to just hang out and spend time in, you know, like I think it, it, uh, this could be a reason why you do or don't like it or whether it's somebody's favorite or least favorite or whatever, but like, it's just a bit lighter, at least in this first season, it doesn't, take itself too seriously um and i you know i've been listening to our episodes about the first half of this season that we're jumping back into and most of our complaints boiled down to uh just like getting details right not like do we agree with like the overarching philosophy of the show and is it telling people to despair or not you know what i mean like (laughs) so it's just yeah it's just like it's a fun show and even when it's not nailing it it's not when when i'm when i'm disappointed in this show i don't feel like (laughs) i don't feel like uh like upset or angry. I'm just sort of like, eh, that one didn't really hit now. Did it, you know, what yeah. a bummer that that one didn't hit. Whereas with MTV, when I was like upset about what an episode was doing, I was like yelling into the microphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are some of the loudest episodes we've ever, we've ever done for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's interesting too. this, this is kind of dovetails into this, like this episode in particular. Yeah. The world of this show, it really is so big and not just in that the Marvel universe is big, but that like they just within the scope of all the Spider-Man characters that they pull in, you like you can have any given episode and like half the cast doesn't appear in it because the other half of the cast does. And the other half of the cast is still like 15 people like it's it's kind of wild. So you can have an episode like this that like pulls in characters from Midtown High, gives them a bunch of focus. A bunch of characters from Horizon High don't show up in it, but mm-hmm. it still is a very full episode. And it's just because like there's just all a really huge world and each episode kind of focuses on like different aspects of its world that have already been set up. And I find that so interesting. And also again, the kind of the antithesis of the very kind of small world of the MTV show, you know? Yeah. There's so much room for activities in this world. Yeah. Well, I guess speaking of this episode, it's probably as good of a segue as any, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to watch the show along with us, it is available on Disney Plus currently. Uh, like we said, we are back on the second half of the first season, and we're going to keep going until we reach the end of the first season of the 2017 Spider-Man show. So this is season one, episode 14, entitled Screwball Live. Yeah. Synopsis per IMDb is Screwball Prank Spider-Man. <laughs> After she is captured by the Absorbing Man and Hammerhead, Spider-Man has to decide whether to help her. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of wish they just did screwball prank Spider-Man and just let that be it. I, I wish that, that were it, too. honestly been an even stronger synopsis. It honestly would have worked really well for all parties yeah. involved. <laughs> right, exactly. I kind of love that. 
original air date was October 28th, 2017, almost Halloween. That's kind of funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Even though there was literally a Halloween episode before this, huh. oddly enough. This episode was written by Ben Joseph. This is his only credited episode on the show, I should say. Um, interestingly, he's like mostly written in either animated comedy or action comedy. I guess that kind of makes sense for this show. There's mm-hmm. a lot of comedy people working on this show. Yeah. Uh, but I think his most prominent credit is that he was the executive story editor on just the first season of Star Trek Lower Decks. Oh, I mean, it's the only season I've watched and it was good. Yeah, yeah. He also wrote a number of college humor shorts. He wrote on the Cartoon Network Mad show. Uh, he wrote one episode in 2012 of The Simpsons, oh. which is a pretty big deal. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, funny, also, like, writing one episode of The Simpsons means, I feel like, so much more than writing one episode of the vast majority of other shows. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Because it's, yeah, it's not an easy show to break into, at this, yeah. especially at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also written on Teen Titans Go, Thundercats Roar, DC Superhero Girls, and Hilda. <gasps> Hilda, yeah. I love that show. I haven't watched it, but I've heard so many good things oh, about it. Oh, I would highly yeah. recommend it to anybody who yeah. likes wholesome cartoons. Definitely would check it out. It's also funny that he wrote like on a bunch of like cartoons that I'm sure that like edgelords on the internet hate because it's like, oh, you're making our I mean, badass dude cartoons funny. I hate it. I mean, here's the thing. like The people who hate Teen Titans Go and Thundercats Roar also hate DC Superhero Girls and Hilda. So, whatever. (laughs) You go, Ben Joseph. (laughs) Yeah, I love Ben Joseph simply for the things he's worked on. (laughs) This episode was directed by Sol Choi, who we have talked about before. He's directed a a few episodes. I think most of the first season, actually. It's like every other episode, I think. Yeah. Maybe not quite that, but it feels like it. Yeah, but uh, but if you don't remember, he directed Marvel Rising, Heart of Iron, and Playing with Fire, and those are his main directing credits, but he's worked on the art and animation department on tons and tons of other shows, including Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Guardians of the Galaxy, Legend of Korra, and most recently, I think after we started covering this show, so this wouldn't have come up before, mm. he actually worked on the animated movie adaptation of Batman The Long Halloween, specifically part two, so oh. I guess they, they adapted that that graphic novel into two movies, which I didn't know. I didn't so. know that either. Yeah. <laughs> either that or it's a sequel. No, it can't be a sequel. I'm no. sure that they just split it up. That wouldn't make sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we have a few characters to talk about here. Some folks are folks we already know. Some folks we've seen in the show, but they haven't been in long enough to talk about. Um, and one of them here is new, maybe, question mark. So um, <laughs> we, we're introduced to Screwball. The uh, Would it be eponymous character here or titular? I never know. Um, and she is voiced <laughs> by Natalie Lander, who voiced a couple characters in Winx Club and Stargirl in Justice League Action. She appeared in and on shows like Craig of the Creek, Hannah Montana, 13 Reasons Why, Castle, and more. So both live action and voiceover work. Uh, she was among the cast. Com- I thought this was just funny. She was among the cast competing in Legally Blonde, the musical The Search for Elle Woods, in which she came in fifth place. <laughs> oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I always think those shows are so funny because it's like, this didn't need to be a show. You could have just auditioned people. (laughs) But I guess all those people now kind of have a a job just by being on that show, I suppose. I don't know how that works. Guess so. (laughs) Whatever. Uh, she is the voice of Kinsey Kensington in the Saints Row series. Oh, and Tara, Yeah. And Tara Branford in the Final Fantasy Dissidia series. So 
uh, also video game stuff. Like she kind of has an equal balance of like the things that she does, which is always cool. And yeah. I included this just for you, even though I have no idea if you even engage with this stuff, but she voices Willow Rosenberg in the Buffy motion comics. <laughs> yeah. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen s- clips from them. They aren't really my thing. I don't really like, I didn't really like those, the Buffy season eight comics very much in general. So the motion comics were, it were just Is like, that, Oh, you're getting that's, that's what, that's what it was. Uh, unless oh, it's they just did motion more comics of the season eight of comics the, of the season eight comics, as gotcha. far as like, unless they did more, but I'm pretty sure that that was what, and didn't love the season eight comics. And then the motion comics were like, what if this season eight comics were just voiced by people who weren't in the show? And I was just like, <laughs> okay, I guess. No, thank you. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> we are also introduced here to the absorbing man, AKA Carl. Carl Crusher Creel. I would like to say, because there's no no other good place to say this. Yeah. I really wish, and maybe the comics already do this. I, I did read a comic that had the Absorbing Man that definitely did this, but I really wish they would just retire the name Absorbing Man. Crusher Creel is such a good name. Exactly. Just let his name be Crusher Creel. That's such yeah. a fucking cool name. Uh, and he has Absolutely. cool powers, but his name is so bad. It's so clunky. <laughs> it's like literal, so it tells you exactly what he does, kind yeah. of. But yeah, it sucks to say, Absorbing Man. So yeah. anyway, in this show, Absorbing Man is voiced by Greg Berger, who we know because he is the voice of Mysterio and Craven the Hunter in Spider-Man the Animated Series. So we've talked about him before. Uh, if you don't remember, he also voices Grimlock in the Transformers. He also voices characters in the Final Fantasy series, notably Jekt, who's a big one. Um, mm. And he is uh, the voice of Odie in the Garfield animated franchise, among oh. many, 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 many other things. I think he also, wow. yeah, he was uh, he was Agent K in the Men in Black cartoon as well. So nice. lots of stuff spanned a big period of time nice yeah and then we've seen this guy already in the show but he usually has like one line or is just like on screen for a moment and that's randy robertson and he's voiced by zeno robinson who's a big deal but like a pretty recent big deal i think he's only been active for like maybe 15 years or something Mm. but he has like big credits so he's the voice of hawks in my hero academia which i think he won an award for (laughs) um he's also the voice of cyborg and steel in young justice remy on big city greens and he's the voice of ty in the 2020 digimon adventure series yeah Yeah. um, which hasn't happened it hasn't happened yet uh, he was like announced for it, but I don't think that's actually aired yet. I'm really excited to see it because his voice is very different from Joshua Seth's voice. And so I'm really curious of like what his performance is going to be like. Sure. I yeah. mean, it's with voice actors, it's always hard, right? Because it's like he, he could just use an entirely different voice he hasn't yeah. used yet. <laughs> like, sure. Or um, it could just be he's just going in a different direction, which is also yeah. cool. I'm just yeah. I have no idea what to expect. But that's a huge one, right? Like he's like the main, he's the gogglehead, you know, the OG gogglehead. (laughs) Especially that the reboot show. I I haven't, I haven't watched a ton of it. I wasn't super into it, but it's like super, even more like Thai focused than, than than the original show was. (laughs) Um, I'll watch, I'm going to watch. It's a big, big deal. Yeah. I'm going to watch the dub when it comes out. Sure. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just very curious of how that, how that goes. 
He also, he's done some video game stuff as well. He provided the voice of Ika Ika, one of the masks in Crash 4, uh, and is credited as providing voice work as the underground in Spider-Man Miles Morales. Neat. I don't know if that means he voiced all the underground guys, or if he's just one of a crew of people who did underground voices, because the underground are just like, they're like the generic grunt guys that you're constantly fighting, so. It's the Spider-Man! Exactly, exactly. But I just thought it was, you know, it's always fun to call out any sort of Spider-Man related video game stuff, so that's him. (laughs) Cool. And those are the folks that were sort of featured here. We've already talked about Hammerhead, he's in this, but, you know, we we had a couple episodes where we talked about him, so. Mm -hmm. I guess we can just dive in. Let's do it. So this episode opens with Spider-Man investigating a jewelry shop burglary uh, when the store's alarm interrupts a nearby ribbon-cutting ceremony. I'm I'm guessing he was just, like, watching the ceremony in case something happened, and something happened. So he goes Mm. to the jewelry store, and he finds the Absorbing Man. Naturally, they clash, and we see, like, what the Absorbing Man can do, uh, but Spider-Man pretty quickly handles him by webbing him up to a streetlight outside. And his, his rationale is funny, Because after seeing what the Absorbing Man can do, right, because he turns himself into metal, he turns himself into diamonds, uh, he turns himself into a couple things, he's like, well, if you can't touch anything, then you're not a threat. So he just, like, webs him up to a a lamppost, and he's just, like, hanging there. Yeah. Which doesn't, I don't know, I guess we could talk about whether this makes sense or not in a moment, but (laughs) it's like, okay, Uh, I guess that's your solution. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I guess he's, if he's, he is literally out of reach of anything to touch if, you know, because he's... If he can't touch things through like his boots, there's nothing like he can't. So, I, I mean, I see the logic there, but yeah. eventually he'll have to be let down by someone to be arrested. So, like, right? what, I don't know what they would do after that point. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he had a lot of forethought there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's his first meeting with this villain. So, yeah. Also. Yeah. Uh, two things i like the paper towel jokes i think those are funny like, oh, paper towel you got paper towel powers you paper towel man at least they acknowledge it's a terrible name yeah yeah also my i was thinking the entire time like wait so but he's like covered in spider-man's webs so can he like turn into his webs and i was so happy i thought that because guess what spoiler that happens later in the episode so <laughs> i was on the same same mm-hmm. track as the writers were yeah my one thing, and this is just a general Crusher Krill thing, is like the the way he uses his wrecking ball is so cool. I love when he like punches his wrecking ball. Like he like it's just I don't know, it's cool. It's yeah. <laughs> I think he's a cool villain. I think he's a really cool villain. Yeah. I wish he was like more interesting, but like power yeah. set wise, he is a very, yeah. very cool. I love it. I love the idea of him. Yeah, I think the comic I read that had him in it was like an inhumans comic or maybe it was specifically a black bolt comic or something mm-hmm. and it got really like, really deep into like crusher creel's like uh state of mind and and mm. uh relationships and stuff and i was like i was not expecting this but okay sure. i mean yeah, he's not deep in this show <laughs> no <laughs> like, he's not he's just sort of like a big dumb idiot yep yep that was like that's how they use him exactly too mm-hmm. like the whole reason he's even in this is like we hired you because you're dumb so yep you know <laughs> it's like okay yep. well at least your powers are cool <laughs> so just as spider-man notices and uh, picks up a data drive that was among absor- absorbing oh my god i hate saying his name among absorbing man's loot <laughs> among crusher's loot see yeah. how much easier that is yeah a uh this content creating costumed vigilante Named Screwball, which if you're familiar with like 
recent video games and comics. Yeah. Like, oh, I know who Screwball is. He's a pretty recent creation. Uh, Screwball swoops in, steals the ribbon from the ceremony, announcing it's hard for a CEO to cut the ribbon on his polluting power plant headquarters if he doesn't have the ribbon. <laughs> Got, Got him. him. <laughs> uh, when she attempts to get away on her, like, rocket-powered skateboard. Of course. <laughs> of course. She's surprised to find Spider-Man and Absorbing Man. So she wasn't there because of them. She was there just to ruin the CEO's ribbon-cutting ceremony. It just happened to be incidental that there's a superhero fight going on. Of course, Absorbing Man, as she, uh, you know, whizzes by, he is able to touch her metal helmet, which she is able to use, uh, you know, to turn into metal, of course. And... Spider-Man ends up being like the butt of a prank intended for the business goons at the ceremony is what Screwball says because he ends up like slimed. Doesn't he literally just get slimed, right? It's like slime or paint or something. There's like a trip wire and she's like, oh, I thought they would chase me. So that was like, that was for them actually. So my bad. (laughs) So she wasn't like, she wasn't trying to prank Spider-Man, but Spider-Man did get pranked. Yeah. So, you know. The first of many. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so this is what I was talking about though. This is what I don't understand. So like, He's hanging there and he's diamond. When he when when Crusher Creel is hanging from the lamppost, he's diamond. And then like the, he makes a point of like touching her helmet which is metal and he's like, "Oh, awesome. Now I'm metal." And somehow that allows him to escape being webbed up. Oh, yeah. And I don't know that, why he would be able to do that when he's metal but not diamond. <laughs> that feels like it might be an animation error to me. Like it feels like he was supposed to have reverted back to his human form by the time he got webbed mm. up. Because it doesn't, I could yeah, buy it doesn't that. make any sense otherwise. Yeah, I could definitely buy that. Yeah. That would make way more. That would instantly solve the problem here. Yeah, for sure. Because he seemingly. I know he doesn't literally get stronger. Like I don't think when he's metal but they kind of imply that he does like if he is a strong material he seems to be able to like do more strength type things so yeah that's the vibe that i get yeah yeah but yeah so he does this he he turns metal and he escapes being webbed up and gets away uh and spider-man now covered in that slime or paint or whatever like you said ends up being uh pranked by screwball which in her case means he's become her latest viral video yeah I was definitely like, I don't know. I haven't read the, have I? And I don't think I've read any comics with Screwball. So my she was familiar- introduced in like 2008, I think, yeah. in like the main main series. So most, so really, I think, I guess my only experience with her would be from the games. I guess I haven't seen anything with her in it otherwise. I didn't know anything about her. I had to look stuff up specifically because I was curious after this yeah, episode. <laughs> me too. But I was sort of surprised right at the top of the episode. I'm like, oh, is she like, they're trying to play her like a social justice warrior kind of person. Yeah. Which is interesting. Like, I because an anti-corporate vigilante. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, I mean, because the characterization that I've always got is that she's just like very shallow and just doing it for the likes. And like, yeah, it's interesting because the whole arc of this episode like plays into that, but has a different spin on it um because it starts with her the whole reason she's doing this isn't necessarily for attention it's i guess partially for attention it is part it's weird because it's like by trying to steal a ribbon from a polluting power plant like it's like oh i see you know you're trying to stick it to the man in that way and stick it to a corporation but i don't know if like a video of you stealing a ribbon from their ceremony is really like the way to go but also 
I, I get the intense good, I guess. Right. Like, I think, <laughs> I think we'll have a lot more to say about their decisions for like who screwball is. Yeah. And her arc over this episode. Yeah. Once we get to the end, cause they try to do a bow at the end. And I think it, uh, that yeah. was their opportunity to clarify things. And I don't think they stick the landing. So yeah, the things that happen between here where she's introduced as like this cool, like anti-corporate or anti-capitalist vigilante. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to ask those questions. And then I guess we'll learn about what she's all about. I assumed it was going to be sort of a front, right? I was like, Oh, she's saying that this is what she's doing, but you know, it's probably based on the little bit I know about her. It's probably more than, or, or less than that, I guess I should say. Sure. Um, I don't, I don't know that it ever fully, I guess it it tries to clarify itself. It tries to say what it is. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, there's a few. There's a, a number of factors. That, well, yeah. yeah let's we go, let's, but, let's go let's go through it. Yeah. But but what but what you're saying here, even just off the top of it, like I think, I think that that sort of um, like twist on screwball, the idea that like, well, maybe she's not fully just a prankster. Maybe she's like using her platform to try to do good. I don't think it's it's certainly not you know, the most effective activism I could think of because it feels a little bit like social media slacktivism yeah. a little bit. But Absolutely. I yeah. think the idea that she has a platform, like this big growing viral platform, I think you could begin to make an argument that like, kid, it seems like a, her audience is everybody, but our, our protagonists are like kids. Mm-hmm. If there are these like 14, 15 year old kids who are paying attention to her and talking about her and the things that she's doing. And if all of her videos incorporate some sort of like anti-corporate message or, you know, even just environmental messages or whatever that I, I, it's not the most she could be doing with her, her abilities, but she, as we learn, doesn't really have abilities. So it's like, not a bad thing. It's just maybe not like the most productive thing. (laughs) It is like a thing that's still giving attention to a problem. Yeah. Which I guess is an age old question, right? Like awareness and activism and what's the relationship. Right. Like she, like she's not really doing anything like directly, but theoretically she is making an issue more visible. The question is sort of like, okay, but what percentage of people watching your videos are going to actually pay attention to the message of, you know, anti capital, like your anti capitalist or anti corporate message versus how many are just watching it just to laugh at your pranks. Right. You're like drawing them in with pranks, which is like not a bad strategy, but then like, is it going further than that? Like, are they just, are they, are they thinking about what they're watching? Are they just laughing? Right. And I, I think this episode could have really done something with that, but I (laughs) guess we'll see. It does. No, it definitely does not. (laughs) It it just dropped the ball on that stuff. Well, they start to have an interesting conversation about it, though. I, I, I hadn't lost hope at this point. I was actually quite hopeful this early in the episode because the next day, Peter and Harry do have a conversation about Screwball's videos. And mm. you kind of have an idea of where it might go. But I think it goes further than I expected because Harry's trying to get Peter to watch the video because he's laughing at it and she's really popular. And I just expected Peter to be like, oh, I don't want to watch it because uh, you humiliated <laughs> Spider-Man. He is like a real wet blanket. He's like, he heroes should have power, responsibility. Well, like, shut up, nerd. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I do think there's a point in this episode where I like sort of stopped and was like, I can't wait to talk about this moment, but it's, it has more to do with Gwen than it does Peter. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, and, and she's not here quite yet, but I do like this conversation because it does go further than just like Peter Parker. He is being a super wet blanket, but it does go further than him just being like, I don't want to watch it because it's Spider-Man and I got humiliated. Mm-hmm. They have a conversation about like 
what power can be. Cause you're right. Peter has this like one specific idea of it, which is, you know, centered around his idea of power and responsibility. He says, you know, she's not powerful cause she doesn't have any responsibility, which is like a really weird way to look at it. And Harry yeah. recognizes that. And it makes sense that Harry's the one who would recognize this as an Osborne because Harry's like, yeah, but is that what power is? Because, because if you if you look around just this cafe we're sitting in, she's kind of got everybody's attention. That seems pretty powerful to me, mm-hmm. which is a good point. And that's kind of, I think, at least based on the video game and a little bit I know about Screwball, kind of the thing that makes her uh, a thorn in Spider-Man's side is just the fact that everybody knows who she is and he can't quite shake her. You know, <laughs> it's like she's mm. not necessarily trying to kill him, but she kind of has like a grip on the public's perception of him, uh, yeah. which is kind of the same power that J Jonah Jameson holds in a lot of other properties, you know? So yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's, it's an interesting conversation to have. And they just put it in the context of like a content creator or social media influencer mm-hmm. uh, or insert whatever sort of like internet profession, like independent internet profession that didn't exist 15 years ago, 20 years ago, you know? Sure. You know, that totally, totally makes sense. So I I was, I was hopeful. I was hopeful. (laughs) I was past tense hopeful. (laughs) Um, That's not all they talk about though, or or I guess that's what they talk about, but it's not all that happens in this scene because the other reason Peter doesn't want to watch the video is because he's distracted by trying to figure out what's on this data drive that he took from absorbing man. And it just seems like a lot of nonsense. He's like plugged it into his computer, which what are you doing, Peter? Just shoving I, random shit into your computer. You right. Idiot. And then, and on like the public Wi-Fi in a cafe. It's yeah. like, what if this thing had a tracker on it? Like, it's very silly. I, I guess we're to assume that like he being a genius at a genius tech school or whatever, I, I guess we're to assume that he knows how to, I guess, encrypt all of his own data on his computer as he's sure. trying to decrypt other people's data on his computer in a public place. I guess I don't so. Know. It's just funny because it's like, and this is one of two times that he's like doing this like in front of another person who like doesn't care or notice yeah. that he's like decrypting data for whatever. Like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Peter's just doing Peter things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Peter doing Peter things. Uh, <laughs> but they introduce us to the idea that he's he's really trying to figure out what's on this data drive. And I guess no one else cares. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so... Yeah, so th- while they're having the conversation about Screwball that we were just commenting on, that's when Liz Allen shows hey, up. Hey, remember hey. her? I know, it's been, have we even like seen her since like the first episode or whatever? Like, I don't I... remember if she's even really popped up, but she probably was was in the, the Venom episode with Flash because that took place at Midtown. I but... do think she and Randy tend to pop up when they're at Midtown. I know there was also the episode where like Max goes back to Midtown. Mm, oh uh, yeah, like a couple episodes in. I don't know if they showed. I want to say Liz was in there somewhere, but I don't. I, either way, they're never a presence. Like they're right. not. They're never doing anything. The fact that she's like <laughs> featured saying things here and interacting with our. She hasn't interacted with our protagonists. I don't think since the since the premiere. Yeah. Unless that Venom episode, you know. Right, right. If if she did, wasn't significant enough for us to remember it. Um, <laughs> so she shows up, and like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. It's very suspicious immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the point, she's very aloof, <laughs> but she's also very. She's like, oh, what are you guys looking at? Screwball? Oh, who's Screwball? Oh, wait, she has how many likes? Ooh, like, it's 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 
it's a thing where honestly, when I was watching it, I was like, oh, she's obviously like a red herring. They're trying to make it so obvious that you think that she's screwball that you know, oh, interesting. they're going to they're gonna <laughs> twist it later on and she's not, um, which is very funny because it's like, nope, it's just what they're doing is what you think they're doing is what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Th- it seems this- like Liz Allen <laughs> might be screwball, guys. What's funny is like this isn't always how this dynamic is for the two of us. But for this episode in particular, for some reason, I feel like it's really telling because your first reaction was like, Oh, this has to be a red herring because they're laying it on pretty thick. And my first reaction was like, Oh my God, she's screwball. You guys. Wow. They're revealing it so early. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's an interesting choice, um, but uh, well, technically we don't know that, but we know that, but we don't technically don't know. That that. was just my reaction to her. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, but it's obvious it was a screwball, but we're not supposed to know that yet. So Peter's like, oh, yeah, the latest video is only popular because of Spider-Man. Liz is like, huh? And Harry is like, yeah, it has four times as many viewers. And Liz is like, really? That gives me an idea since I am screwball. And we just cut <laughs> immediately to her just like suiting up a screwball. And it's like, oh, so you're not trying to hide this. Isn't it really yeah. much of a reveal? It's just... It just is like, okay, that's cool. I guess (laughs) this is fascinating to me. And this is where I was like, I need to look up screwball because I don't know when screwball was introduced. I didn't know. I knew that screwball messed with Spider-Man and was like a content creator and was this sort of online presence in the game. But I assumed playing the game that that was like an updated or adapted version to be like a contemporary villain in a video game. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that's true. I think she just is as she is. I think she's kind of always been like this. I'm sure yeah. it's developed since 2008, but you know, she's probably YouTube existed in 2008. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, so I, I, this, this is just who screwball is. What I didn't realize though, is that this is the only iteration of screwball that I'm aware of that reveals the identity of screwball. I don't think any other media has ever revealed who she is. Oh, I thought that she had a secret identity. It just wasn't Liz. Interesting. Well, I think she, yeah, she, well, uh, yes. I mean- yeah. Both things are true. <laughs> yes. Yes. I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, no, that's, I don't think correct. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but she doesn't appear in a lot of media. She's, she's been in like a couple comics. She's been in the video game and she's been in this. And I believe this is the only property where she's revealed to like her identity is revealed. And it's Liz for some reason. Interesting. Because <laughs> my first thought was like, oh, is that what they ended up doing with Liz eventually? That's weird. I had no idea. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. It's, it feels a lot to me like the Montana shocker thing in Spectacular Spider-Man, uh-huh. where it's just like, we have a character who, you know, in this case, I guess, doesn't really have a secret identity or, or the, there's not really a significant backstory or whatever for Screwball in the comics or in the source material. And then we have a character like Liz, who's like important in the comics and, and important in many medias, many kinds of media, but often like doesn't really have much to do. Like outside of Spectacular Spider-Man, pretty much any Liz Allen we've ever met has like fuck all to do if she even appears. She's very periphery at the yeah. most. So it's sort of like, why not use her? Why not just yeah. just fuse those two characters together, you know? Um, and especially since like this version of Liz, we haven't really gotten to know her much anyway. Like, I think we knew from that first episode that she was like a star student. And I think we maybe knew she was class president or something Mm -hmm. like that. But I think we even like had a whole conversation about like, 
like what is her characterization like does her design make sense and stuff like that um because we know so little about her so like you more or less have a blank slate in this show why not yeah. do it and then it gets it, it it elevates a character that you have by giving her more to do and more depth and also immediately like puts her in peter's world in in some way so yeah i'm totally it. cool with the decision i'm i'm fascinated that they decided to take a character who's never had uh a civilian identity Mm-hmm. And make that Liz Allen. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? It's like the easiest, easiest character sure. to grab. Um, it's just fascinating to me. And they, this show has done that a little bit because Vulture has had like a protege Vulture in the comics before. Like, there's been two Vultures. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Alistair Smythe has been one of them, but they kind of take that story and just plug Alistair Smythe into it for this series. So yeah. this this show's clearly like open to doing that stuff and I'm mm-hmm. here for it because like you said Spectacular did it to I think success, you know? So Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of becoming a theme it feels like I knew going into this show, obviously there are multiple spider people and they were going to become spider people. So like that was always yeah. going to be a thing, but it has surprised me how many other like just students are are either becoming superheroes, supervillains, or being involved yeah. in the world. Like the fact that right the last episode we covered before this one was a Flash Venom episode. Yep. And it wasn't like a full on Flash Venom superhero story, but it was very much like getting Flash involved in in the superhero side. And then Harry's doing a bunch of like has been doing like hobgoblin type things, obviously leading up to that, but like he's it it's it's a lot more ambiguous whether he's a superhero or supervillain. And and then that with like miles before that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. we expected that. It's We've kind had of like Alexi as a student. We've also yeah, we had have... Alistair doing stuff. Yeah, the, obviously um, Otto is a student and teacher, kind of. I guess he's just a teacher, but well, and then sh- actually it's unclear. <laughs> Shocker and the other guy, Herman Schultz oh, yeah. and that other guy. Yep, both students too. Like it makes sense. I kind of get it. Um, it's just, but and now like with this episode, I'm almost seeing like a trend of like. Oh, they're not just doing like, like, that's not an uncommon thing. Like that was like a Smallville thing. That was like a thing sure, that you'd yeah. see on other shows where it's like, you just go, it's a high school of adventure story and all the students become superheroes or supervillains, whatever. It's an easy way to do it. Um, but it's like Spider-Man also kind of like mentoring these people in some ways has yeah. been like very frequent now. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of like maybe where the, like this show started out wanting to like get Spider-Man back to basics, you know, it seemed, they said, yeah. but it very quickly has become a Spider-Man mentors, other teen superheroes kind of show it feel or yeah. superheroes slash supervillains or, or something like that kind of show or like teaches them a lesson or teaches them how to be better people or something, which I find really interesting because it does feel like that the show might be more at home for that and maybe should have started with that. But I don't know. It's, it's well, interesting. I think, I think they, I think they used Back to Basics. Maybe it was their guiding principle when they started developing the show, but I think Back to Basics, as we're seeing it, has turned out to be more of a marketing thing than an actual like driving yeah. principle behind the show. Yeah, for sure. It really because it's, it's not what the show it, is. It very quickly abandoned that, and I think <laughs> yeah. that's okay because oh, I think I'm here that for what it. this show yeah. does. I'm 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 more interested to see. I I think it makes it a little less uh less predictable i mean i didn't know that we'd get a screwball episode that where liz is screwball like yeah i you know i I think it makes this show a little more interesting because i genuinely don't really know where it's gonna go from here if it sort of keeps keeps that of spider-man like essentially mentoring other teen super powered or wannabe superhero high schoolers Mm -hmm. you know like there's plenty of places you can go with that going forward absolutely absolutely 
So interesting choice. I'm I'm here for it. I will get to why, but I think I hope she gets a second shot. <laughs> I hope I hope maybe there's another screwball episode in our future. Um, <laughs> but know. we'll we'll talk about why. So at this point, though, she's she's heard that people, or at least two of her friends, suspect that Spider Man is the reason her latest video is getting so many hits. So she's like, okay, well maybe I should lean into that, right? And so she suits up as Screwball that same evening and films a video announcing that she's now going to have a weekly segment on her channel dedicated to discussing and obviously pranking Spider-Man. Yeah, so at Hammerhead's place, Absorbing Man is getting chewed out for losing the data drive. (laughs) Chewed, funny, because he turns into a chip at one point. Oh my god. (laughs) So fucked up. He literally touches a chip, turns into his whole body turns into a giant chip, and Hammerhead, like pulls a piece of his ear off dude like, Hammerhead like breaks a piece of his ear off and it se- it's seemingly not okay because absorbing man then reattaches that part of his ear as if he needed it like as if if that piece of him broke off when he was a chip and then he turned back into a human that piece would still be separate from his yeah. ear or like if Hammerhead, you know, <laughs> ate it because it's a potato chip. I thought like he was gonna. Just, I thought I he did was too. Gonna. I did too. I did too. So yeah, he's getting chewed out almost literally for losing the data drive. Hammerhead's whole deal is like, okay, so someone named the Owl, uh, which is like familiar from the comics, uh, has been using the jewelry store as a front and blackmailing Hammerhead with information on that data drive. That's why he sent Absorbing Man to rob the store in the first place. The diamonds. Those don't matter. Those, those those are just supplementary to it. And Absorbing Man's like, well, why didn't you just like tell me that, dude? Come on. Um, and Ham- you know, Hammerhead's just like, because you're dumb. Yep, uh, pretty so, much. <laughs> pretty much. It's pretty much all it is. So he instructs Absorbing Man to go get the drive back from Spider-Man without letting anyone learn about Hammerhead's involvement because he doesn't want to be exposed. Yes. And I will say here at this point, I don't think I know the owl. I don't think I have read anything with the owl and I don't think I have read about the owl. So I'm not sure I know who the owl is just throwing that out there. Cool. Yeah. Well, I'm curious if like he will appear later or if this was just a name drop thing or what, I can't imagine they wouldn't like bring up, you know, a, 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 a a pretty prominent like super villain that exists and like not bring him in at some point. Do you know what the era is of the owl? Oh, the actually, I'm not sure what the era is. Okay, uh, I don't. No yeah, worries. I don't know. That might be like a really early character, honestly. But I, I could be wrong. Oh, that'd be really know. embarrassing, considering I have been reading the old well, comics. Well, then it probably. Well, then it probably isn't. It probably is like the 70s or something like that. I don't, then. Know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know when he. I don't know when he when he first started actually. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, we go to Midtown High. We jump around a lot in this episode. We go to Midtown High, and Randy Robertson is meeting up with Liz in their computer lab, and they also get into an argument over Screwball. Uh, Randy's whole thing is like, Screwball is like pretending that she's like a journalist, but she's clearly pretending. She's everything wrong with the internet. She's just in it for like the clicks and the likes and all that sort of stuff. And Liz, you would think, would like argue with that as like, nuh-uh, like she's doing good stuff, kind of like she did with Peter and Harry. Mm -hmm. But in this case, she's like, well, maybe you're just jealous because she's getting a lot of hits and you have a blog that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really, it's a really interesting conversation because at first I thought it was going to be like a very one-sided kind of thing. And the show kind of like pokes fun at both of them really like, cause Randy comes in as sort of like, you know, if she really wanted to make a difference, she'd be doing something legitimate. Like, 
you know, his idea being that like his well-researched articles and everything are more legitimate than like whatever stuff that she's doing, even if she's bringing awareness to a, to a subject or whatever, like it's not as legitimate, but then like their whole, then the whole episode is kind of predicated, not the whole episode. A lot of this is kind of predicated on like, yeah, but everything that Randy writes, that's really in depth. Like nobody fucking reads it. Like it has like three hits. So like, Whoa. which it's interesting. Cause it's like, I guess that is kind of realistic because yeah, there's a lot of really incredible journalism and that stuff is not anywhere near as noticed as like the clickbaity stuff. So this I mean. is, <laughs> this is an important conversation for the episode because it should be sort of one of the pillars of what this episode is doing. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it, that pillar turns out to never really have existed. Right. Cause like this could be a really interesting commentary. And I guess in a vacuum it is yeah. just the idea that like she has sort of leaned into like following the algorithm and he is mm-hmm. like standing his ground on like doing well-researched 35 page write-ups. 35 uh, pages is too long, buddy. Come on. Let I mean, me- it is. <laughs> She's not wrong. <laughs> Um, but, but like just the idea that like, she's looking at a quarter of a million people looking at her stuff and he's looking at three people looking at Mm -hmm. his stuff. There is, there is an interesting conversation to have there. It just kind of like sort of stays in this computer lab room and then isn't really further interrogated all that much later. I mean, I guess there's There's kind of a circle around, but I think it's kind of flimsy narratively. I don't think they actually get to it in a way that like makes a lot of sense no i think they comment on it but like the comments don't really go anywhere it's like you're bringing up things that you kind of already know like what like in robbie's speech like some of the stuff comes up and it feels like it's it should be a little more inspirational um then it then like it's trying to be kind of inspirational or whatever or like hone in a point or whatever but it's like well you're just kind of commenting on like the state of journalism right now <laughs> like yeah. and, and like that's fine but like you're not really saying anything with it you're just like saying what it is and how it exists and then like stopping there and not really going anywhere with it. And it's never in a way that really feels like it's actually impacting the plot or the characters at all. You're just saying it like, I don't know. I also want to point out that this show aired on Disney XD, right? That's where this one, the -hmm. home of this was. Yeah. You, if you're going to want to do this on that channel, that primarily is going to be watched by like kids and their families like the the majority outside of like you know people who are super into Spider-Man who are going to seek it out or whatever like the mm. incidental audience is going to side with Liz like they're growing up watching YouTube so like yeah. the way that they portray Randy in this episode isn't isn't in such a way that like a kid who's watched like who's maybe watching the origins episodes like watching this show because they saw the origins episodes on their youtube algorithm Mm, they're not going to side with randy when he's just talking about like oh you're just in it for the clicks like yeah they need to make him i I feel like they don't really make him i I, it would have helped i I understand what they're doing for just the story in a vacuum but if what they're trying to do is comment on like how the how the youth uh, interact with journalism and what it means right. and all that sort of stuff. Like, th- I don't think they're portraying Randy in, in a in a great way here. I feel like they no. need to have him be more understanding of what she's doing, but just standing his ground about what he's doing. Or you know? or 
like by the end of it, they sort of like meet a middle ground and like team up somehow where like he can use. Yeah. Like, it's he uses wild. his research. That's not where this she, goes. If you she, thought like, this is where it was going to go. Yeah. So did I. <laughs> it like almost like I feel like they have this one little throwaway thing at the end that's supposed to like it, like kind of go in that direction. But it's like, no, that should have been what this should. That should have been the major point is them sort of like teaming up together. And she's able to like, give a face to all of his amazing research, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It's yeah. Well, we'll let, let's. <laughs> Let's go through it because, but yeah. but he's not. He yeah. He this is where we we get the dynamic right because he's he's calling her out and she's calling him jealous and all that sort of stuff. He does mention the story he's working on this thirty five page write up or whatever, which has to do with like a bunch of properties that are all being bought up by like the same mysterious corporation. So he thinks it probably has something to do with the mob, and she's sort of like, oh, I, interesting, I guess. Um, and then he's like, oh, wait, actually, JK, got to go because uh, there's this groundbreaking ceremony for a new media building uh, and my dad's going to be speaking. And speaking of journalism and my dad, that's a real journalist. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Every so also major mentioned- media outlet, eh? Right. So he also mentions like, it's a media building. My dad's a journalist. Every major media outlet will be there. And that's when Liz starts paying attention. Yeah, I I feel like what the arc is supposed to be at this point for her is that like, oh, she's letting the uh, attention get to her head. Sure, drunk Um, with power, but the power is attention. Right, right. So we'll we'll put a pin in that, I guess. um, Nothing inherently wrong yet, I would say. Yeah, yeah. So at this groundbreaking event where every major media outlet is there, uh, Randy finds Peter and Harry and uh, there's like a out of the, the interaction's weird because Randy's like, well, I'm glad you guys are here to support us. And Harry's like, oh, yeah, it has uh, nothing to do with us having lunch right across the road. What? Like, I don't understand. Which, like, <laughs> it's especially weird, though, because Peter's Peter contradicts him. Right. And it's like, yeah. no, actually, we wanted to be here. Yeah. So like, why did you pretend to like, why were you being like that, Harry? (laughs) Was he trying to like pretend like he was too cool for it? I don't understand. It could have been either one. I don't know why it was both. Like it would have been fine if they just saw it happening across the street. It also would have been fine if they planned on going. I don't understand why Harry is pretending not to be interested. It's very weird, but Peter comments on like, well, it's so nice to be doing something together with uh, the three of us that don't involve our competing schools because at this point, yeah, Peter from Horizon, Randy from Midtown and Harry from Oz Academy. So yeah. that's, you know, makes sense to comment on it at that point. Harry's like, well, Norman Osborn did lend the event one of Oscorp's new worker bots, which will actually come into play very shortly. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter's like, uh, well, how about I offer you a Horizon pen to write your story? So we're all contributing. Oh, so funny. Uh, then the event starts. <laughs> well, I do like that they all like laugh. I was wondering yeah, if yeah. this was going to be because when Peter mentions the competing schools, I was like, oh, interesting, because this is the thing you and I have been sort of like wondering what they're going to do with, you know, um, mm-hmm. and Peter and Harry have so frequently like reaffirmed their friendship, right? The schools will not get in the way of our friendship. So you and I are on high alert. So when yeah. they mentioned this, I was like, oh, is this going to be weird? And then they do the thing that they've done a few times, which is like, oh, we're all friends, though. It's all funny. We're just yeah. like, we're shooting the shit, though. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just waiting. Sure. It's all going <laughs> to crumble. And you and I are going to cry. <laughs> it's going to be the worst. It's going to be so uh, sad. Be fine. Harry and Peter are going to be friends forever. And they're uh, going to get married and everything will be great. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, mention him briefly. Robbie Robertson is there giving a speech and his whole deal. This is what I was referencing like a, a couple seconds ago that it feels like was, you know, the writers trying to like 
hone in on this message that it seemed like they were setting up on in the computer room scene before where it's like, you know, it doesn't, you know, you, you have to value your story as a journalist, like, because these days, you know, anyone can have an audience of millions. The real value is actually like reaching even one person. So it doesn't, doesn't matter how big your audience is. If you're able to reach even a small amount of people, if you're really reaching them, that's more important than just a bunch of eyes seeing it and like not actually really being reached by it um which is valid like i get that makes sense um and it feels like that's supposed to play into a thing but i feel like after the scene all of that just gets dropped like i don't feel like it's commented on anymore after he brings that up because i loved i really liked his speech a lot yeah and i was like oh this is gonna touch touch a nerve somehow play into things somehow but it's like no, it, none. Of, the rest of the episode has nothing to do with that. Yeah, it's a bummer because this this right here, his speech, which by the way, delivered by Ernie Hudson, uh, that's who's oh, doing the yeah. voice of Robbie Robertson, which is pretty that's cool. So cool, yeah. Um, Ghostbusters, by the way, if you didn't know, um, is uh, it's it's good, but it also makes it really clear that this episode wasn't incidentally doing something about right. the state of journalism, you know, like you, you probably had to believe already by this point that they were clearly commenting on it in some way. But the fact that he makes a specific speech about it like on the yeah. state of journalism is like, okay, you're clearly trying to say something here. Well, so then for also, it to just like kind of fall apart after this is like, Oh, I guess was that your, is this where you wanted to deliver to the moral? Cause yeah. Well, and also like I haven't, I have a little bit of frustration with, I feel like screwball, her whole deal is like wanting to do activism and then, you know, getting too consumed by the likes and stuff like that. And Randy is pretty squarely talking about journalism and like trying to dig into like the stories. And it's still a thing that will feed in that like plays into activism. Like there's a Venn diagram there. If it's a story to like expose to, you know, to expose like wrongdoing and like bad going on and like the mob being involved, you know, in capitalist stuff, all of that, like there are crossovers between journalism and activism, obviously, but they're not the same. Not all journalism is the same thing. (laughs) And what Robbie is talking about is very specifically journalism. What Randy is talking about, about is like where that journalism crosses over a little bit into activism, but is mostly journalism. And Screwball is pretty squarely trying to do activism in her own skewed way. Right. And I feel like that's just a writer issue with that they're just getting all of that mixed up because it's not the same thing, but they try to treat it like they're all sort of learning similar lessons. Like right. there is a similar, I think the, the baseline that it feels like they identified is like, both activism and journalism can, depending on how you're doing it, both be about reaching a person and like yes. getting through to them and having a valuable message to put out there. But even with Screwball, like her stuff seems to be like deliberately like causing a ruckus to get awareness of something versus, you know, Randy literally trying to like unveil a mob conspiracy. Like those are not the same thing, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's clear what they're trying to set up, which is like, she gets attention, but it's like popcorn and worthless. Right. And right. he's doing work, but no one's paying attention to it. Yeah. I love that dynamic. I think that could be, yeah. a, there's a really interesting story to be mined out of that. Yes. But, it's but not you would here. think that you're <laughs> right. It's not here. You would think that it's what you were talking about, which is like, okay, so clearly they are yin and yang in this situation. They need to like get together and figure out how to balance each other out. Well, that's not what happens. <laughs> yep. Uh, it also gets further confused uh, in a couple scenes. 
because we learn more about Liz Allen in this episode yeah. and that made it make even less sense to me. But Oh, the Liz Allen thing. I'm like, well, why wasn't that what the episode was about and not the journalism I know. stuff? But I know uh, anyway, <laughs> it's like it's it's an episode full of like fun things that like doesn't actually make sense when you think about it. That's the thing. I will say <laughs> she's I'm... fun. Screwball is fun. Right. You know? and and the will, ideas will, are fun. You know, we'll have you know, obviously we'll have our final thoughts and stuff. But I will say like when I watch this. I was happy that this was like the first one we were diving back into because it is such a closed, simple story. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed it. It was super fun to watch, but it is definitely one that like, oh, the more you think about it. (laughs) Yeah. Oof. This episode does not hold up very well. It serves a Saturday morning (laughs) watch. It does not serve a podcast. (laughs) It doesn't. It doesn't. Which is a bummer because plenty of episodes of the show are great to dig into. Oh, absolutely. this, This is just a particularly like messily and like weekly written episode, I guess. Not one of their best. No. So, yeah, Robbie is having this speech um, that I wish meant more. But as he as he gets the gives the speech, uh, worker bot, this this is the one that Norman Osborne lent. Right. Mm-hmm. This uh, special Oscorp worker bot activates um, and it's supposed to be used to break ground, but instead like it dumps a load of dirt on Robbie. Um, so he's like he's fine. But obviously, like that is a mound of dirt from a bulldozer being dumped on a man from like very high up. They make a point to tell us he's fine. Despite that not being a thing you'd be fine from. (laughs) Right. That could be a big deal. But uh, moments later, screwball reveals like it was one of my pranks and Peter's like, Oh no. So he suits up to confront her. Um, But then she's like, Oh, this is what I was hoping for Spidey because I'm only getting started. Oh boy. So yeah, I mean like clearly she's going to pull a prank on Spidey, right? And she does. And this is what her prank is. <laughs> she, I didn't realize that this is this was part of the prank. I was fooled. I knew there was a prank coming or that there was a prank intended. But the first part of the prank I was fooled by. She is like con- like linked somehow to this worker bot. So she starts like dancing about how like, haha, I got you here, Spider-Man. This was my plan all along. And then the dancing of the worker bot like shakes the building she's standing on because it's like not a finished building. It's all like I-beams and structure and stuff. And so then she falls. And so then, of course, Spider-Man's like, oh, God, okay, well, let me save you real quick. (laughs) And when he tries to do that, she reveals like, I fell on purpose. I actually was safe the whole time and unfurls a banner basically saying like, say hello to Spider-Man. Uh, it's just, I don't know where she got this huge fucking banner. And when um, did she have time to put that up, like in secret? <laughs> I know. Um, but this huge banner, and then ultimately the cherry on top is that when Spider-Man ultimately does land, he lands in like a plot of quick drying cement. So now he's like stuck in cement. So <laughs> got you. You <laughs> well, just got screwball. Here's my question. This is totally a nitpick, but I just found it kind of funny. There are because, a lot of nitpicks in this prank. <laughs> yeah. Well, cause she even specifies like, like the quick drying cement. I didn't, you know, I didn't mean for the hat to happen, but that was just the cherry. on. I knew the banner would work, but that the quick drying cement was just like a cherry on top. Yeah. But like, so wait, so she didn't set up the quick drying cement. How does she know that it's quick drying cement to call it out as quick drying cement? Yeah, <laughs> pretty convenient that it's it's expiration as wet is just right when Spider Man lands. I know, in it. Exactly. Like if it was quick drying, how long has it been out there? Yeah. And why is it just like this one little tiny patch? Of, like it would make more sense if she intended for that to happen, but she implies yeah. that she didn't. So it's very goofy. What? You know, what? I actually wish I, I'm okay with the absurdity of this stuff because it's all meant yeah, to yeah. be a prank, right? Absolutely. I actually because of that, I wish that her pranks were more absurd. I, I wish that too. they were more 
in the realm of a Deadpool or Gwenpool where it's like, they don't have to follow rules. Like her whole thing is like pulling goofy pranks. And I know it wouldn't necessarily fit the tone of this show, but I think she's the type of villain that you could kind of introduce that sort of weird, surreal, I know we haven't talked about the show yet, but like ultimate humor into Mm. just when she's there, not going into the anime realm, but just the like, don't question it. It's weird. She's a weirdo. Well, it I think might not maybe, work given that she's Liz Allen. That's what I was just going to say. I think that her being Liz Allen and making her like an actual person and character. Yeah, like, that's true. It makes like she put some limits on it. She's automatically grounded. Like, and I yeah. think and it and, and they don't and they also don't play it that Liz as Screwball is like such a drastically different personality. Like she's obviously a little more extroverted than when she is Liz, but like she doesn't become like a different personality. Like she isn't like a wackadoo person as Screwball, which plenty of of screwball iterations i get the impression of kind of is and you can do that with then i guess i do wish the the pranks made more sense in that case you know Mm -hmm. i wish they did make more sense then because she is sort of grounded by having this identity as liz allen she's supposed to be like an overachiever and stuff like she should be like the impression that i get that the spin they're trying to do on it is that like if she really is like this super like hyper organized straight a student who like knows how to who has her life perfectly together and knows how to do this. This is sort of her way to let loose. And she actually would be very good at staging elaborate pranks because she is very organized and very forward thinking and stuff like that, you know, able to, or able to plan ahead and everything. Like, I think that that all makes sense intellectually. um, But then her pranks are pretty, they either don't make sense and have like little nitpicky things or they're like not elaborate enough to really feel like, like, wow, you are very smart. (laughs) <laughs> and really like putting your head to this. I mean, there's a weird dissonance there then, right? Cause it's like the idea of screwball makes me wish that the pranks leaned more heavily into not making sense. But the fact that it's Liz Allen makes me wish that they did. So I guess like it just needs to fall in one place, all like all in one place or all in the other, but it's a little bit in both and that's making it not work. Yeah. For me. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Well, back at Hammerhead's place, Hammerhead chews out Absorbing Man again for not being able to find Spider-Man when Screwball seems to have no trouble finding Spider-Man. And there's a reference to Absorbing Man robbing another jewelry store and Hawkeye stopping him. Yeah, I thought that I was I was thinking that was a crossover thing. It's not as far as I can tell. Okay, I was thinking the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, there was like there wasn't the Avengers Assemble show was airing at the same time. And Greg Berger's absorbing man does appear in an episode but it's like six months after this one so i don't know if they intended them to air closer or if this really was just like let's just name drop cockeye why not sure i was really hoping that it it would turn out that like there was another episode of one of these universe shows where absorbing man also robs a jewelry store that would have been really funny funny. yeah maybe he does in that episode that's like six months later yeah and they just don't line up or whatever yeah well yeah that's what that's he says that that was his attempt right it's i'm not i don't really blame hammerhead for being annoyed with absorbing men here he like tried one thing and it didn't work (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a good point (laughs) you know so absorbing man is like okay well i mean screwball's able to find him but maybe maybe she's able to find him because they're working together and this for some reason sparks an idea in hammerhead um where he's like i guess maybe that could be the case i guess if, if we can find Screwball, then we can find Spider-Man. Uh, so I guess it does make sense. Yeah, if we can find Screwball, then we can find Spider-Man because she's always finding him. And so his his method for finding Screwball is a little annoying to me <laughs> because yeah, he just like watches one of her videos slow enough 
to notice that she has a Midtown High sticker on the bottom of her skateboard. Liz is too smart for that. Liz is too smart for that, right? Because here's the thing. If it weren't Liz Allen, I could understand a student not necessarily trying that hard to conceal the fact that they're screwball, right? It doesn't really matter. Like me being screwball isn't me trying to be a superhero. I'm just an activist, you know? Uh, But yeah, Liz Allen should not be making that mistake. So even though it's smart in the universe for Hammerhead to try to do something like that, it's pretty bad on the writer's part to allow that to be how he finds her. It feels like not to, (laughs) not to make yet another MTV Spider-Man show reference, but it, it it makes me think of Silver Sable having the name tag of her undercover identity, secret agent, like assassin, Silver Sable, master of master of secret identities and undercover, just having a name tag sitting out while she's like, on her assassination attempt, holding her sniper it's, rifle to shoot the like the mayor or whatever. Like, come on, it man. really is that though. <laughs> it's very, very much that. <laughs> it's like this is pretty glaring because it's especially in Liz's case because it's like it's not her. It's not like she's riding around on her regular skateboard as Liz Allen. Like this is specifically her screwball skateboard. Right. It's, it's the skateboard she has that has rockets on it. <laughs> You know? It's very silly. It's a very so, silly. I was a little bummed out. That was I was like, oh man, that was, that was a pretty lazy thing for them to do. But yeah, whatever. It gets them from point A to point B, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> so at Horizon, Peter and Gwen are bonding over not liking Screwball's videos. Mm, mm. This is where this I had one... something to say. Okay, this yeah. is funny to me because Gwen is like. Gwen is like, you have the internet, one of the greatest tools ever made by man, and people are watching silly videos on it. And I was like, Gwen, that's the worst attitude to have. The idea that like this this incredible tool that can be used in infinite number of ways has to be used in only the most productive of ways, and anybody who's using it to like enjoy themselves or do anything remotely like pleasurable is like to be looked down upon yeah. i was like what a what a boring way to look at the world gwen stacy does it what feel a like terribly fits... pretentious way to be oh it absolutely is that's like oh my god you're a person that i would not want to hang out with exactly i was like i mean i use the internet for a lot of things but i also use it to watch tiktok yeah you can do it both man come on do you think that fits her characterization like has she i'm trying to remember is she one of the people who like doesn't have like is she one of the ones who maybe doesn't hasn't done a lot of like social stuff or is so, she i don't well, remember she she t- it's it's hard because gwen actually honestly gwen miles and anya they've been in the episode like they've been in the series plenty but they have kind of only been in the series in the context of being peter's classmates so it's not like we've learned anything about their social lives peter's the only one with a social life every student at horizon high with the exception of alexi has been characterized as like complete sticks in the mud we don't like fun because we're nerds all we want to do is like math and science constantly which like isn't a problem except (laughs) that they don't seem to enjoy anything like yeah, outside of that. Like they don't hobbies. seem, yeah, they have no other <laughs> hobbies. 
like their academics are their hobbies. So it fits in the general sense of like what a horizon student is. Yeah. Um, which is it, pretentious and which annoying. Is kind of pretentious and annoying. I say that with a lot of love. Like I, I do course. enjoy all I of like these the characters, show. but they can be very pretentious and annoying sometimes with yeah. their annoying nerdiness. They can. They can I mean we see that in Otto, we see that in Anya, and we see that in Gwen. The only classmate we don't see that in is Miles. And that's just because Miles is like this little ball of joy who doesn't really seem to be paying attention to most things most of the time. <laughs> right. like he just lives in his own universe, right? So he's really yeah. the only student we've seen that isn't like that. Um, so it, it yeah, I, I don't think that necessarily answers the question, but I don't think we have the answer to the question yet. It, yeah. it fits her being a Horizon student. It doesn't necessarily fit her being Gwen because we don't really know much about Gwen. We do know that like her uncle taught her how to dance. I don't know why, but like, I don't know. Maybe there's some, yeah. she's she could have other That's hobbies. Right. There's no reason she, she couldn't, go, you know. She went to the Halloween party and like was one of the few Horizon yeah. students of the main cast that did and had fun there. So, right. you know. So, I think it's it's a little str- it comes on strong. Um I don't even think it was necessary to include. No. Um the only reason it really matters is because Anya tells her about one of Screwball's videos later and Gwen says like oh it must be important because Anya knows I don't like screwball but like yeah. I don't think that's necessarily worth it to no. make her be like the internet should only be used for utilitarian things and for progress <laughs> like it's like oh yeah okay. yeah honestly this whole scene I feel like does Gwen dirty because there's that there's that annoying stuff where she's just like pretentious and yeah boring a big wet blanket on fun <laughs> despite um, still being like charismatic because like how could Laura Bailey sure. right like not oh be. yeah <laughs> I don't hate her when I'm watching it it's just sort of like oh I don't like anything you're saying <laughs> They also do the thing that the show loves to do with Gwen, which is that she is just an expert in every kind of science imaginable. So, oh, this is her hobby. Her hobby is code breaking. Of course it is. This is Peter's working on his decryption project again, still doing it in front of other people. Um, And Gwen's like, here, let me help. And I do like the cute little animation thing where she like gently sweeps Peter's hand off the keyboard to start typing herself. But then like, she just does her encryption magic and cracks the code. And it's like, yeah. all the files are linked to Hammerhead. Isn't he a gangster? But then never questions why Peter was ever doing this. Like, yep. Yep. <laughs> School Which, project, Pete. Okay. I mean, I hope my hope is that we don't, you and I don't know yet how the other three spider folks become spider folks, right? We don't know how they become mm-hmm. spider people. Um, or at least Gwen and, and Anya. Right. So like, yeah, we, we haven't gotten their side of things from that regard, but my hope is that her in this situation, her having seen some of the things that she has and helped solve some of the problems that she has, the fact that Anya is specifically telling her like, Hey, you should watch this video where screwballs asking for Spider-Man. Like my hope is that they're going to continue to drop little things like that along the way. And by the time we understand how Gwen and Anya become superheroes it's we can kind of look back and be like oh maybe they've been kind of doing it for a while even if they don't have superpowers yet yeah or like maybe they knew he was spider-man all along or one of them did something, something like, like that, that. yeah, yeah. I don't, which we, I, I generally we, don't know we came up with like eight different ways this might happen in a previous episode so mm-hmm. who knows <laughs> who yeah. knows but I you're right so. it is we, gwen does get portrayed as the like the scientist who can do any science and this is no exception yeah especially because this is more math i think code breaking is usually more of a math thing isn't it 
well it's more like a math and logic thing on this show math and science are just the same thing (laughs) because good call (laughs) who on on this writing staff knows any science (laughs) things at all Uh uh-huh yeah yeah (laughs) this is also i mean this is potentially i don't i don't know where this goes or if it goes anywhere but this does seem like it could be the first spark of a peter and gwen thing because it definitely does yeah, yeah. I think they're trying to go for that for sure because of the little brush that you mentioned uh the like gwen brushing his hand and like at one point she says oh see that's like uh, the one thing you needed was that one piece of information and he's like oh it seems like maybe all i needed was you yeah, which is like an accidental pickup line you know yeah they're ab- no they're absolutely teasing i appreciate that they're not like laying it on super thick it's just yeah. like like oh maybe they'll go in that direction who knows right right yeah Meanwhile, while this is happening, while they're working at Horizon, at Midtown, Absorbing Man crashes into a gym class, demanding information about Screwball. Luckily, Liz is in that gym class. (laughs) I really love... He turns into a dodgeball, and all the kids just start hitting him with dodgeballs. See, I love Absorbing Man's powers. Crusher Creel has, like badass powers that are also funny powers like they're both it just it fully depends on what he's choosing to absorb and him being dodgeball material is fucking hilarious and i just love all the students just being like we've dealt with super villains before we've got this go away you're disturbing (laughs) our gym class leave (laughs) can you not we've been here before we just fixed this wall please (laughs) it's very funny i I really like that a lot it's really really great it's really funny um but like i said liz is in this gym class so so is randy they're both in this gym class so liz suits up and makes like i referenced earlier a video asking for spider-man's help and back at horizon gwen does get that heads up from anya saying hey you should check this out and she's like i don't really like screwballs this must be a big deal peter also is like yeah it's probably just her like I don't know, trying to prank Spider-Man again and seemingly brushes it off. He does not move from his seat one bit. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So then we cut back to Midtown where Spider-Man isn't, of course, because Peter has brushed this off uh, and an absorbing man is continuing to do his thing. He now has Randy like kind of as a hostage um, and and threatens to like, well, I guess explicitly as a hostage because he threatens to hurt Randy if Spider-Man doesn't show up. So then Liz is like, well, shit, okay, I guess I got to do this. I got to be a superhero. So as Screwball, she decides to try to take on Absorbing Man herself. And because she is not a superhero, she is just costumed, fails immediately. She sure. does nothing successful against Absorbing Man hey, at all. <laughs> she wasn't, she didn't, she never set out to be a superhero. So I appreciate it. No, I, I it makes totally, sense. totally. Yeah. Uh, it, it actually makes sense that the show doesn't even really entertain the idea. <laughs> like, yeah. I think it's actually really cool. Okay, I'm thinking about this now. We're now that we're here. We're all, pretty much all of this was to get Absorbing Man like going after both Screwball and Randy also being there at the same time, so that they could be involved in like the final battles and stuff. Why was why was this whole episode with like a flash drive getting decrypted and stuff? Why wasn't it like Screwball like got information or Randy got information since they're both going after journalists slash activist things and hammerhead and absorbing man absorbing man went after like both of them or one of them specifically for that. And that's how they got involved. Just like have the story continue to be focused on them. And then they could have used that as an Avenue to play up like Randy and screwball having arguments about, you know what the right way to handle releasing the information they found was or something like that. I mean, the only answer I can think of is an infuriating one, which is that that wouldn't center Spider-Man enough. I think that's exactly what it is because it would be honestly like a cleaner story. It would be a much better episode too. 
And and there's so much room for them to have those conversations, especially if it's just like we have this information on this gangster and Randy wants to write up a piece and do fact checking. But Screwball's like, no, we got to put it on the Internet right now. I'm going to get so many likes and argue about that. Like, it's really like easy and simple, but like it would add a little bit more to that conversation that this episode starts but doesn't continue than than what it does, you know? Yeah, no, I, I I fully agree with you. I like that episode a lot more. That theoretical episode makes way more sense, is much cleaner. But I have I I get the sense. There's just like a feeling I have. I can't entirely point to what things make it feel definitively so. Mm-hmm. I can kind of explore it in certain areas. Like again, when we learn more about Liz Allen, I kind of ha- get this sense. Yeah. I just think this episode was probably reworked a lot. It feels like it because it feels like three different yeah episodes or like three different like themes or like three different like, reasons for Liz Allen being screwball. But it, it feels <laughs> like the the type of rework where they had and I and I hope this. I mean, I I don't know what's better or worse, whether it was yeah. better before or not worked enough or what. But like, it feels like the kind of episode that you get when when somebody's told like, I don't know if we can do that. Can you like redo mm-hmm. this so that it's a little bit more this show or this channel or this audience, you know? Yeah. That, I think that really does feel like, and that. I can't, again, I can't point to the very specific things that make it feel obvious, but it kind of permeates throughout the episode. I just like got that feeling. It's Whereas like, just, we're just like not quite digging deep enough into the thing that it feels like you want to get into. Yeah. And it feels like a little bit sterilized, you know, Cause there are multiple things that are brought up and not delved into further. And, and then it's just like, well, why did you bring it up? And also like, just the 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 plot is kind of like the plot isn't like bad but it is weirdly clunky like it there's a lot of stops and in starts in ways it in certainly episodes. doesn't need to be like even yeah. if you didn't change exactly like if you didn't change big things about this episode if you didn't recenter it around Randy and Liz instead of Spider-Man right you could still tweak some things i think about this episode that would at least make certain things cleaner yeah absolutely and that absolutely. i think is one of the things that indicates it right where it's like well that's a little bit weird like this right. episode could have been cleaner so like Maybe that's why it feels like it's been reworked, you know, from whatever it was before. But yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's I like your idea a lot better. I really wish that's the episode that we had gotten. I don't see why they couldn't do it, especially in 2017 and like 15 episodes in or 14 episodes mm-hmm. in, depending on how you count. There's no reason they couldn't have done a gimmick episode, if you will, where Spider-Man is in the background, you know, and yeah. it's like I mean, barely a part of, of it. He could have just been the butt of the joke a lot of the time, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they could have made it work. That's that you can do that episode without it, without Spider-Man barely being in it too. It's just that it would just focus a little more on Randy and yeah, um, and Liz. It's just yeah, I I I agree with you. It was it's it's a rewrite thing. It really does feel like that. I do think it would be funny though if like Spider-Man was only in this when he was being pranked. Just constantly like it'll be a really funny. Idea it would be so funny. Yeah. Anywho, where are we? We're still in this gym, right? Is that where yeah. we're at? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because here's another thing. This bothered me. It didn't need to bother me, but it felt unnecessary. Uh, after after Screwball tries to take on Absorbing Man and kind of rightfully fails, Spider-Man shows up and it's just sort of like, yeah, I did think it was a prank, but I mean, I had to show up anyway, right? Because that's like what heroes do. And I was like, eh. I did. I I feel like you only faked us out, and I don't know that you needed to fake us out. No, I don't think the fake out was necessary. (laughs) 
I feel like you could have created so much more tension by having him actually like having it actually be a cry wolf thing. I thought that's yeah. what it was going to be like, and it would fit her story. Cool, yeah. Right. Like she's been pranking Spider-Man. She's been luring him to places only to like humiliate him. There's not actually danger when she's around. And so it would have made perfect sense for it to be a cry wolf thing. I mean, I guess I understand that that would have been just like one more thing on top of all the other things they're trying to do. So like that <laughs> probably wouldn't have helped, but then just don't fake us out. Yeah. Feels like sure. you just lied to us. Yeah. And not for, not for long enough for it to be effective. <laughs> right. It's just he shows like, up oh, in the next like scene. 30 extra seconds of yeah. Spider-Man not being there. Oh, like okay. Thanks. Concurrent events. The tension, <laughs> the tension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Spider-Man and Absorbing Man do clash. And this is where we get what you were wondering about, which is Absorbing Man turning into webbing. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. So he I was so in... happy when this happened. Yeah, I thought it was fun. <laughs> I thought it was fun. Spider-Man even makes a comment about like the irony of it all, which is, mm-hmm. you know, cute. Um, but it, it ends pretty quickly because Spider-Man obviously developed the web so he knows how to dissolve it and carries a dissolving agent with him, which is not unusual for Spider-Man to do. And so he just sprays Absorbing Man with it. And so, of course, Absorbing Man has to go back to being a normal person, uh, which is not great for him. So Absorbing Man is like, okay, we don't need to do this. I just want the data disk. Like, just give me the data drive that you took from me. And Spider-Man's like, I don't have it. Why would I be carrying it around with me? He's like, look, do you see pockets yeah. in his costume? Like, there definitely have been Spider-Mans that have pockets somehow in their yeah. costume. Like, I don't all understand of how. Like, but... literally all of them. <laughs> yeah. Actually, where, where, where does he keep his web cartridges, man? Like, exactly. I, he's There's so much tech in that suit. I'm sure there's at least one pocket. But I get it does for make the sake sense of the joke and everything. Him, yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. for the joke, and it, it also doesn't really make sense for him to bring it with him to go right. fight Absorbing Man. So for sure. For it's, sure. Fine, it's fine that he doesn't have it with him. But because he doesn't have it with him, Absorbing Man is like, okay, well, I'm going to take these two over here, Randy and Screwball, and you're going to meet me back at the construction site, and you're going to bring that data drive. Yep. So he does. In the back of Absorbing Man's van, Screwball reveals her identity to Randy as Liz. Oh, this scene. Oh, my God. I was This like, is the scene I've been waiting to get to, Derek. <laughs> dude, this, like, I was, like, both ecstatic and also so yes. angry when this scene happened. Yes. Um. So here's the thing. Liz kind of explains to Randy what her whole thought process for inventing the screwball persona was. And her whole deal is like, you know, I used, I, I was like a straight A student. I was class president, top of my class. I was, I felt like I was like top of the world, but then horizon high and Osborne Academy show up. You have these like genius schools and suddenly I, I don't feel like I'm enough anymore. Like everything that I was accomplishing, it feels like nothing compared to all the wild shit that they're doing over there in these hyper genius magic schools. Sure. So I thought that maybe becoming a community yep. hero would make me feel more powerful. Yes. <sighs> I just, <laughs> here's the thing. I remember when we started yeah. covering this show very early, like I, I remember I struggled and like kind of tried and failed to explain it, but just the weird dynamic that exists in real life of having like, gifted programs and stuff and how that affects kids that are both in the program and not in the program. And there's actually like, there's a really good Abbott elementary episode that like delves into that dynamic and how kind of complicated it is. Like, you know, how do you celebrate kids who like are doing really well, while, but in a way that doesn't like fuck up their like mentality and like make them overachievers while also like making kids who don't make it into those programs feel bad for like not being good enough. Like that, that is a big conversation that exists in the education system. And I th- was hoping, 
hoping the show would do something with it. Um, and then I was kind of settling into the fact that they probably never would. And now to have it sort of just like rear its head here in just such a way that doesn't fit into the episode at all. Makes That's maybe the thing. it makes sense for what what it seems like Liz could be as a character, but then that should have been like what the entire episode and her entire arc was. It doesn't fit into any of the other conversations they were just having. This is okay. This is what's frustrating, right? Is like I like the idea that they have Screwball, who is a character who does not have a civilian identity yet in any other media, and they have Liz Allen, and they do the shock, the spectacular shocker thing. We're like, well, why, why not do both? Like, like, why not have them be the same character? And let's see what goes from there. I also separately like the idea of Liz Allen being the best student at the school she's at, which is not one of the genius schools and having some feeling some type of way about those schools yeah. or her relationship to those schools for, for certain reasons, right? Which could be a, a few different things. Um, I like those ideas separately. They should not both be in the same show for the same character. <laughs> Yeah. The way that they're doing it here. Because here's the thing. I thought a lot about this too. And I thought a lot about it when I was re-listening to our episodes because I knew we were gonna we were gonna continue to examine what they want to say about these schools, if anything, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm very convinced they want to say something about these schools at this point because it's come up enough times. We've had a number of instances of students who have some sort of feeling about these schools. Peter yeah. struggles to fit in. Kimia not having the opportunity to pursue an education based on her circumstances. Mm-hmm. The Expo highlighted a number of things, especially with Horizon being the only one who wins. And then the way that Flash is sort of treated and viewed in that space. Like, there's a lot of things that this show seemingly wants to say about education. And then we get into this situation. And you you shared, like, from your own personal experience when we first started talking about these, these schools about like being encouraged to be a part of these programs. And then when you are in them, depending on how you got into them or how you feel when you're in them, like reckoning with like, or wrestling with the feelings you have when you're in them. My, my experience was, I think the flip side and was a little bit more like Liz's depending on what they're trying to say here, which Mm -hmm. is, you are told that you are successful. You have ability. People identify that you are smart or that you you have you know proficiency in these certain areas, but you cannot access those programs. You are held back from those programs for some reason, right? So I was explicitly not put into those programs um, for various reasons. And I kind of get where Liz is coming from, where it's like, okay, well, I'm doing really well in all the things that I'm doing. I'm doing really well in all the things you'll allow me to be a part of, but then what? Like, and so I was the student who would get like bored and act out or like quit things because I was like, okay, well, you're not going to let me do the next thing. And I've Mm -hmm. done everything I feel capable of doing in this space. So like, what else is there? And in her case, depending on what, again, they don't get specific enough in her case. And it annoys me. Uh, Is Liz Allen trying to get into those schools? Does she not want to be a part of those schools? Is she just deciding that like, because those schools exist, traditional academics don't matter? Or is it because I can't get into those schools or I wasn't recruited for those schools, what I am doing personally isn't enough? Is it that she's looking at those students and identifying them as, you know, 
servants to their community and she feels like she's not being a servant to her community. Like they needed to get a little bit more narrowly focused, I think for them to have a statement on it. But I, but I do identify with her and I, I like that that's kind of where she's coming from because screwball Mm -hmm. in a way is a representation of a student acting out and not acting out because they're a bad kid or because they don't understand what's going on around them. We now understand that students who aren't, who, who are left behind frequently act up because they're left behind, but also students who are ahead or who are not being given enough to do also act out. And that's who Liz is. Yeah. You know? I know. So it's a I, cool thing to bring into the show and it's yeah. a cool thing to bring into this dynamic. It's like the, uh, it's kind of the other side or, or complimentary. It's not even like opposite necessarily to what you were talking about because they're both in your, what you were talking about with your experience. And what I'm talking about with my experience is both, students who are right there on the edge, right? It's it's not the students who got in first and it's not the students who will never get in. It's like the student who just got in or the student who just didn't get in, you know, yeah. or a combination or, or like some sort of alternate right. what, I, what I was. <laughs> right, right. So like how you get in or just not making it in or like being able to get in and being explicitly told, no, you're not going to be allowed to do that. Like it's all that space, right? And yeah. I feel like this show could be really exploring that space because Peter falls into that space. Like mm-hmm. Peter falls into that space. Liz falls into that space. Harry, I guess, technically falls into that space because he was like kicked out of that space for a second. You know, like they yeah. could be doing something really cool with that. Um, and they're just not yet. It's and it, it makes me feel like yeah. they're not going to, even though they clearly see the potential of the stories they have. Cause like it's, I think it's so frustrating because I really like that as Liz's kind of backstory and her thought process. I also really like the idea of like commenting on the state of journalism and, and, and activism and stuff like that. But both of those need to be like fully formed ideas that are kind of at the core of the entire episode. You can't have both of them in there because that it does, there's not enough room to explore them. You need to be able to really explore the characters. And especially in this case, it's just like a couple of lines that Liz says in a van. (laughs) That's like, that was my backstory. And then it's just like, okay, I would like more of that. And then instead it's just like, yeah, but then I got distracted by Spider-Man and I got so much attention and that warped my whole idea of being powerful. And Randy's like, no, you were brave to stand up to Absorbing Man and everything's great. And it's like, wait, no, 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 go go back to what you were talking about before that. Right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know more about that stuff. Like, well, cause (laughs) I mean, they set up a situation where they felt like they had to tie it back into the thing they started talking about. Right. Yeah. They started talking about a, they introduced (sighs) B and they were like, oh wait, shoot, we pivoted. So now we got to like make sure we fold this back into a and it's like oh son of a bitch like these two things should have been two separate stories and i don't know if that means one of the episodes is more liz focused and one of them is more randy focused or if you introduce another character because i mean i guess everybody wants to be a journalist at midtown um like like, (laughs) you know like there's there's clearly there's clearly room here for two separate episodes with two really really interesting things Mm -hmm. uh one of which explicitly fits into this weird educational structure I mean, the fact that she specifically calls out the genius schools, which would, that's what we've been calling them, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, these are literal schools for geniuses. These aren't just like, you know, whatever, like there's genius yeah. schools. And then she literally calls them genius schools. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Just scratching. They're just scratching. They're only scratching in this episode. They just scratch, they scratch a bunch of little things and they don't, they don't go deeper on any of them. Please go deeper. And these things don't go together. Like they, they're not really weaving together in the way that they think they are. 
It's so frustrating. It's frustrating because I love all the ideas. Yeah, exactly. And I love where it could be going. Mm -hmm. And I love that we got more of of what you were exploring really early on in this podcast. Yeah, I mean, we got, honestly, we got more in this one than I ever thought that we would get, which is saying something because we get barely anything. So, yeah. (laughs) So frustrating. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess the one hope is that like, oh, so you guys are aware that these are conversations that could be had in your show. It's right. not all incidental. So the question is like, are you going to use that or not? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I, I haven't lost. It's not like I've lost faith that they won't or that they will do it. It's still entirely possible. There's plenty of room for them to do it. This just me. This this just shows me that it'll kind of be a messy process to get there, you know. Yeah. If they if they eventually do, yeah. So we know that Spider Man was going to meet uh, Absorbing Man at the construction site. So he shows up with the data drive, but while there, he reveals to Absorbing Man that uh, oh, I know that uh, Hammerhead's involved in this somehow. And uh, Hammerhead, you know, who explicitly said he wanted his involvement concealed, just steps right out of the building and is just like. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> what I, is I wanted this? to keep all this hidden, but I'm <laughs> here now and confirming everything that you claim to know. So this is one of those you, things I only really noticed because I watched this twice. Yeah, like if he really wanted to stay hidden, then why was he there at all? Yeah, like, where he could be, you know, <laughs> pinned to the evidence. Yeah, whatever. What are you doing, okay. Hammerhead? Dumb. This isn't the spectacular Spider-Man Hammerhead. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> either way they're like we need the data drives and spidey's like here you go spidey's like give me the hostages and hammerhead's like i'm gonna drop him from a crane cool so uh classic of course yeah what did you expect spider-man saves randy and screwball of course uh then he reveals the hammerhead more of what he learned which is explicitly that the information on the data drive links hammerhead to a money laundering scheme that he's ready to report to the police is this supposed to be exactly what randy was like writing his 35 page article about well right like isn't that supposed to be (laughs) they don't really connect those dots but it seems like the mob money laundering buying up buildings like it's all the same thing. They it it they touch on it one more time, but it won't make more sense. Cool. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hammerhead orders his cronies and uh absorbing man to kill Spider-Man quickly decides, oh no, these guys are way too incompetent and very dumb. So I'm gonna hop into that Oscorp worker bot. So it makes one more appearance to, you know, plague Spider-Man yeah. in this fight sequence. Mm-hmm. Spidey kind of does attempt to turn Absorbing Man against Hammerhead. He's like, see, you're so easily replaceable, which is true. Uh, but like, it super doesn't work. I think Absorbing Man's like fully aware of this because they even had that conversation beforehand that he was just hired because he's dumb. Yeah. So he's like, whatever. I don't care. That's not my weakness. Well, either he doesn't care or he's too stupid. Like it, either yeah. way, like it, what <laughs> this wasn't going to work, Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. I guess Spider-Man doesn't necessarily know that. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> but Absorbing Man's like, cool, gonna turn into metal. You know, that makes you strong. Oh, by the way, I can also grow real big. <laughs> Bet you didn't know I had that power. No, I didn't. <laughs> Definitely didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> so Spidey's got to fight an Absorbing Man kaiju and an Oscorp robot driven by Higherhead. Higherhead? Nope, Hammerhead. And uh, they tag team Spidey. Cool. Do they? <laughs> Because <laughs> Spider-Man pretty quickly disposes of the worker bot. He's basically like, I mean, okay, I guess you're big and you're in a robot, but also fuck your robot. Yeah. <laughs> so he like pretty quickly disposes of the worker bot and then tricks giant absorbing man 
uh, into absorbing lithium. And this is where we get our like obligatory, like very sciencey moment. But at least he doesn't call out like, let me use science. Um, so he, he yeah. tricks giant absorbing man into turning into lithium. And I guess it's over my head. I guess lithium does not agree with water. Uh, so he tricks sure. absorbing man into punching a huge tank of water. And this makes absorbing man like shrink and destabilize and it kind looks like of he's melt. melting. It looks yeah. like he's melting. I was like, Oh wait, I, my brain was still an MTV show. So I, I was like, Oh my know. God, did you just kill this guy? You just straight <laughs> they, up murdered him. I think they show just enough for you to think that like, okay, he's, he's, he, he just goes back to normal size and then they like cut away. <laughs> yeah. He could sure. be dead, but he's probably not. <laughs> yeah, and Spidey's just like, eh, he'll probably be, he'll probably be back. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's a kid's show. Yeah. He'll be fine. <laughs> I do like the line when Spidey is explaining, like, lithium doesn't react well to certain compounds. Absorbing Man is like, like your face. I love that. I love that. I thought it was very funny. More of that mm. from Absorbing Man, please. Yeah, just like bad, bad uh, mm-hmm. quips. Uh, yeah, bad like stuff. middle school bully quips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Absolutely. Well, he's defeated Hammerhead now, right? And he's defeated Absorbing Man. So Spider-Man checks on Randy uh, and thanks Randy. Here's where it is. Thanks Randy for the story on his blog because That's it says right. without it, I never would have known to connect all this information to the businesses being brought up by or being bought up by the mob. What are which, you talking about? All the information was on the data drive. Right. Weirdo. This doesn't make sense to me because th- they didn't. He He's trying to decrypt it. He brings it to Gwen. Gwen is able to f- to link all of it to Hammerhead. They just didn't know like why there was a list of businesses. So I guess the idea is like Robbie, but but Robbie all or not Robbie, Randy, all Randy did was note that a bunch of businesses were being bought up by a mysterious corporation. Yeah. Nowhere do they tell us how they figured out it was a money laundering thing. Like this is this is really tenuous to me. The, That's what I feels appreciate like the rewrite they, thing yeah. that you were talking about. It feels like there was more to this that got cut out or changed that tied into it better. And again, this would make a lot more sense if this were actually a Liz and Randy story investigating things yeah. and putting these pieces together. Because if mm. Screwball is visiting all these sites and Randy is just doing sort of like more conventional research, not necessarily field research, then you could put those things together a little bit more you know, more seamlessly than just being like, Oh, Spider-Man reads my blog. (laughs) Like, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't like that either. That didn't make sense to me. It's cute though. That he's like, Oh my God, Mm -hmm. Spider-Man reads my blog. You're one of my three, three readers. Yeah. I think that that's very cute. You know, I like that. Yeah. Again, I like the idea. It just doesn't like all fit together. Mm -hmm. I like the picture on the puzzle box. But I've opened the box and the pieces don't fit together. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, the episode we're talking about. That's a good analogy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Hammerhead like is like, I'm going to attack you again. And, oh, yeah. Uh, because he didn't actually defeat Hammerhead. JK. They pulled a JK on us. Yeah. It doesn't matter, though, because then the worker bot starts malfunctioning because, hey, Screwball took over it again like she did earlier. Which is fine. I, I'm cool with that. Um, yeah. They established I, very early on that she mm-hmm. could do that. Yeah, I, I like that that little callback. 
Spidey's like, thanks, Screwball, for your help. And Screwball is like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I kind of made all this happen. <laughs> like, this is kind <laughs> of a, a lot of this was my fault. So I acknowledge that. Spider-Man is like, hey, you know, recognizing your mistakes is just part of being a hero. Um, and despite being boosted by Spidey's words, Screwball is like, ah, maybe I just should go back to being myself. Who is Liz Allen? And Spider-Man's like, Liz Allen. And she's like, you know who I am? And he's like, uh... <laughs> I, of course I know who the local high school class president is, you know? Yeah. <laughs> of course I know the president of one of the high schools in all of New York City. Yeah, of course. Everybody, Everybody knows that, does. he says. Everybody does. <laughs> I think it's funny. I, 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 I'm never, yeah, it's I, funny. I, I always think it's funny when Spider-Man's like very bad at hiding his secret identity and people are none the wiser about it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's funny. I just, and this is going to be no surprise because I think at this point we fully acknowledge that like the whole Liz Allen screwball thing has like fully unraveled. Yeah. it's. I think it's weird that her thing is like, I've learned how I can use what I do for good, but... Maybe I should just go back to being Liz Allen. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> what? Uh, no, you were you were doing good things as Screwball. Like, and it's not like they even tie it back to like Randy. You were right. We should yeah. be doing more investigative journalism. Like, that's not even what they're doing either. So, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Or I mean, they. I feel like they think that they're doing this in the next scene, but, or like, like, Hey Randy, maybe I'll use your, we'll work together and you can use me as your platform for, to get your information out. Um, feels like that's yeah. what they're trying to do in the next scene, but do it in like the worst way possible. Is it? Oh, you're going to have to fill me in. So when the police arrive, Spidey flips off, of course. So this is all over. Um, I think he even like he says that he's going to let Liz hand over Absorber Man and Hammerhead to the cops or whatever, which then aren't they going to be like, but you're screwball, so you're under arrest for all the pranks you pulled or something. I don't know. You'd think. You'd think, but they don't address that any further. No. <laughs> um, later, Peter and Harry are watching Screwball's last video, which he says it's going to be our last video for a while. So right. the door is open for her to come back. She kind of discusses. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I, I don't know for sure. I haven't looked forward, but, yeah, I, don't I, either, I, I, but... I wouldn't be surprised if she does. Um, but she discusses, you know, what she learned from the events of the past few days. Um, she does have a very, very, very quick plug of like, oh, by the way, you should read Randy's Randy oh, Robertson's blog. It's great. Um, and that's it. And that's that's the one throwaway thing that they do to tie it back in. That's not and it's sort of help. like Right. No, you it's to merge your powers. Exactly. You to like fuse your like fuse your approaches that's what makes you frustrated one <laughs> is that it's like well so you clearly knew that that was like a thing like that it felt like it was leading up to that and you should do it but like to throw it in is just this one throwaway line like oh, oh by the way read randy's blog anyway bye like what? that's the worst possible way you could have gone about yeah, what like, if the message was we could use the algorithm for good yeah, yeah. <laughs> what if that was the message? <laughs> uh, no, it's instead like mm, if you don't have a platform, if you have a platform, uh, and you're it's being doing silly, great, and Gwen is right, silly, you should shut it down because you're you're not using your power and responsibility for good or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have power because you don't have responsibility. <laughs> sure, that's how it works. See, like, it all gets muddy. I feel like this just validates sense. what Gwen was saying, which was stupid. Yeah, which is that no fun should ever be had on the internet, ever. <laughs> it's only for important things. The internet is only for things that are important. Yeah, zero fun, sir. Says this children's cartoon on <laughs> Disney XD about Spider-Man. That cool. premiered on YouTube. Great, guys. Yeah, really hit the mark there. Wacky. 
It's so bizarre. What do you think you're saying here? I don't know. <laughs> um, Peter tries to convince Harry that if Screwball thinks that Spidey's okay, surely he can't be all bad. And Harry's like, oh, Peter, you can't believe everything you see on the internet. And then he just leaves. <laughs> don't even say bye. He just leaves. <sighs> yep. Harry yep. kind of sucks in this one, actually. I don't. I'm not a fan. I like him in this show a lot. I'm not well, a fan of him in this one. He's kind of annoying. I think. I think that sums <laughs> up a lot of my feelings on this whole episode. Is like I like a lot of things about this show. I like a lot of these characters. I like a lot of this show's ideas. <laughs> I don't really like anything that was going on in this no. episode as it is presented to us. You know what I mean? No, it's so frustrating. I like a lot about this episode. Oh, me too. Me but too. It's very much like in theory. I'm still happy to be back here. And oh, it is still me too. Very, and it is still very <laughs> different because like when we have issues, when we had issues with the MTV show, it was like we had issues with the MTV show. And it was like, oh, no, from your very core of your ideas are horrendous and like from on the wrong side of history here and with this show it's sort of like you're trying to say something you just did it you just mangled what you were trying well, to say and tried to say too many things and even if it weren't this is still a a, a show made with joy <laughs> <laughs> you know i Absolutely. think it's that's fun. the thing that I, I i certainly uh think i probably i don't i don't think i actually take this for granted necessarily but it's it's hard you almost have to examine whether or not you're taking it for granted when you're watching a show that doesn't seem to be made with any joy like i want argue the mtv show because it comes from such a place of nihilism and ennui um but like (laughs) this show at the very very least even this episode i know we're kind of getting final thoughtsy but like even this episode probably one of the messiest if not the messiest narratives that we've talked about on 2017 weirdly enough yeah still feels like it is made with joy there are still jokes the characters are still having fun like i said even just yeah i mean like the characters are warm to one another. So it's just, it's refreshing regardless. And I know part of this is all affected by what we were just watching and what we're getting into and all that sort of stuff. So maybe we would have been harder on it if we had just rolled right into it. Maybe not. I feel like we were actually pretty hard on it. (laughs) No, we were very hard on this one, but I think for good reason, but I think we were, we were tough, but fair on this one. And I was never like angry really about anything. It was more like frustrated that it, because I know it can do better. I'm like laughing at the silly things that they do. I'm like, what What are you doing? For sure. Yeah, for sure. But I, I am also very glad to be back. You too. Real quick, because we didn't mention them. Faces yeah. the episode. Uh, the end faces yes. where Harry's just like, you can't believe everything you see on the internet, Pete. And it's like sleepy face. And then <laughs> Peter also has sleepy face as his reaction. It's it's so funny. I was listening to, um, I was listening to, I think it might have been, uh, Drawfee had a guest. His name is Spencer and he, I think it's Spencer Wan, maybe. And he's worked on a ton of different shows. He worked on like Castlevania, mm-hmm. worked on Owl House, worked on wow. uh, a bunch of stuff, right? A bunch of like stuff, really popular yeah. animated stuff now. Hades, Dang. things like that. Um, and he was talking about how when he was working on Owl House, there was a character that they always had trouble with because they kept giving the character like half lidded eyes because they were like tired or whatever. <laughs> and then be like, oh, we can't do that because it kind of, it's kind of sexy. <laughs> Half half litted is kind of sexy, <laughs> and so now every lies, time I watch yeah. a cartoon that's like a kids or family cartoon, and they have like half litted characters that are meant to be tired, I just think of that where I'm like, oh no, did somebody have to ask the question like, is this half litted character being too sexy? <laughs> 
I do think in this case for these two, the open, the tiny open mouths that go along with them, I think really makes it because they really just look like, duh. It's like zombie faces. It really is like zombie face. It's so funny. Does the does the woman in the in the back of the second one look like she's having a really hard time reading this menu? Yes, like angrily reading the menu. Struggling. That menu also for this like little smoothie like breakfast coffee shop looks it's huge and has multiple <laughs> pages. Like yeah. this is this doesn't look like a fine dining restaurant. Like that no. re- that menu has no business being that gigantic. I don't think we've ever really looked at the environment of this place either though. It seems like a very confusing place cuz like the counter <laughs> that they sit on has like a napkin dispenser and like condiments and stuff. Yeah. But then right next to them is like a wall with books and things, which isn't that weird, but then you add the sure. fact that there's a guy in the back of the second one reading a reading book a in book. like an armchair. It's like what is this place? And I love like the giant <laughs> paintings of like a horse drawn carriage uh-huh. and a motorcycle. And a motorcycle. <laughs> they really just like pulled every like yeah. potential like hipster restaurant thing and th- shoved it all into this thing. Yeah. And for the longest time it was like, oh, they go here specifically for smoothies. And now it's like, no, it's a restaurant for real, I guess. Well, that's the thing is like and have coffee and I <laughs> it could, like there was there was a place that I used to go to that was a coffee slash bookstore. And that sure. you know, so you would you'd be drinking coffee at a table and you'd be surrounded by bookshelves and stuff, but they didn't really have food. So the fact that they have like napkins and condiments and stuff really confuses things. And like this big so book funny. of a menu. It's gigantic. It's gigantic. What is this place? <laughs> it's so weird. I wanna go. <laughs> I'm curious, yeah. And then there was the one day where the music was like super loud that you could barely mm-hmm. hear the characters talking. Yeah. Like, so I guess it's a nightclub sometimes. Yeah. Like <laughs> Rave Thursdays. Rave Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god. Yeah, this I this show's fun. <laughs> it is really fun. I, I'm having a lot of fun just like getting to talk about it again. And I, I, I tweeted about this. I was having a lot of fun listening to our conversations about it. It like it really it was like nice to you know we're just talking about like one episode but it was nice to revisit the whole series and just sort of like reset mm-hmm. and like recenter myself <laughs> on a show that has joy even when it's not doing doing a great mm-hmm. job yeah yeah it's always so. fun no matter what absolutely now at this point more than you can say for some other spider-man episodes so absolutely <laughs> oh boy but that's all i that's all i got for this one yeah I think. Yeah. Well, if you are if you are seeking joy uh, in all circumstances, <laughs> check out our wow. Patreon. <laughs> uh, we mentioned it at the top, but if you want to support our show, if you like what we're doing here, uh, and you want to say, "Hey, great job!" Uh, one of the best ways to do that is by joining our Patreon. You can be a patron, um, and right off the bat, at any level, you can make us say whatever you want. So right off the right off the jump, there's an incentive. Check that out. Um, and check out our discord there should be a link in the show notes if you can't find it just let us know and we'll make sure you get in there Um, if you'd like to find Derek or me individually you can do that all over the place Derek where can people find you and the stuff you're working on sure the best place to find me is on twitter at Derek B. Gale you can also find my other podcast gimmicks which is a podcast that looks at the high concept and experimental structure breaking gimmicky episodes of television with a new show and new guest every week you can find it anywhere you get your podcasts as well as on twitter and instagram at gimmicks pod what about you doug 
You can find me on Twitter at Ikibuli, I-C-K-Y-B-O-O-L-E-Y. You can also listen to me on another podcast here on the 4A Radio Network called Victory Road. It's a Pokemon podcast where I talk about Pokemon with my friends just as I feel like it. And if you like books and video games, you can check me out on a podcast called Novel Gaming where my friends Katie and Vicky and I get together to talk about all the media we have been consuming lately. You can also check out a monthly podcast from Derek and me called Falling with Style. It's an ongoing Pixar movie marathon where we are watching every Pixar film chronologically our episode on toy story 4 is out now wherever you get your podcasts visit us on our website at wallopingwebsnappers.com for a full archive of everything derek and i are making together including a sortable uh list of our episodes by show uh, so it's really easy to say hey i want to i want to hear all your 2017 stuff with no breaks in between mm-hmm. super easy to access that on our website you can follow Walloping Web Snappers on social media uh, all over the place at Walloping Web Pod, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can email us at wallopingwebsnapperspodcast at gmail.com. Please rate, review, and subscribe on all podcast platforms. It only takes a couple minutes, and it is the easiest, quickest, and one of the most tangible ways to support this show if you like it. Uh, because sure. if you like what we're doing, somebody else out there will too, and they just haven't found us yet. And those ratings and reviews very literally will bump us up in like search results. So if somebody's searching for a Spider-Man podcast, the more ratings and reviews we have, the more likely we are to be found. So it's like a very specific, easy way to say, Hey, I like what you're doing. Here you go. So if you could take a couple minutes to do that, that would be amazing. Next week. I am so excited, Derek. Hmm? I'm so excited because next week, Doc Ock Oh, I love to say those words. Begins his four-part long rise in Rise of Doc Ock, part one. Four parts. Four parts. One for every arm. One episode per arm. I love it. Can't wait to meet every arm individually. I can't wait for each one to get its own character arc. Yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) See you then. See ya.